This episode is sponsored by the IoT Job Site, the world's only dedicated space for applying for and advertising IoT vacancies across the world. Register now for job alerts or get in touch via Let's Talk at the IoTJobSite.com. Welcome back to the IoT Podcast Show. I'm your host, Tom White. Today we're joined by Matt Bellachu. Matt is the CEO and founder of WearMe. WearMe is a smart platform that enables wearable developers to build and sell their devices. Before we get into it, guys, could you do me a favour? Could you like, comment and subscribe to the show? You'll get notified when there's a new episode. And as always, I don't care how you're connected, just as long as you're connected. Matt, welcome to the IoT Podcast Show. Thank you, Tom. Really happy to be here. Well, you're very, uh, you're very welcome to be here, and it's, uh, it's great to see you. In fact, I'm really interested personally on this. I know a lot of the listeners and viewers know that I'm a big fan of wearables uh, and have countless wearables adorning my body. Um, so I'm, uh, I, I'm interested to know more about yourself. So as usual, love to kick off. Can you explain a little bit about your background and also your company, Wear Me? Sure, sure. All right. So basically, um, uh, it, it's funny, you know, how actually things turned out because I think it was in the year 2005, um, for no apparent reason, I basically packed up and, you know, uh, came to China. Uh, currently, actually, you know, I, I think I told you this, but I, I'm tuning in from Shanghai, China. And so what happened was I landed in Guangdong province, which is actually uh, right next to Hong Kong, which is actually, you know, a couple hours, you know, by train. And Guangdong is the electronics capital of the world. Like any PCBs, any, you know, uh, smart wearables that you have, I am 100% sure at least they have, you know, a few components that were made in, if not, you know, entirely made in Guangdong. Uh, even, you know, Apple actually uh, get their, uh, what do you say, uh, phones actually, you know, they used to get them done there. So basically, so uh, that was when, you know, I, uh, you know, when I came to China, you know, um, that's when I got exposed to, you know, the, the whole situation. Uh, so I got into hardware, especially like I'm a computer programmer by trade. Um, and so I kind of got into hardware in early 2011. Uh, I was working on a project uh, called Project Mirror, which was actually, uh, it was a smart mirror, uh, something like, you know, Peloton and, you know, the other guys are trying to do now. But we were using actually um, computer vision, uh, using MATLAB. Uh, and, you know, and we had uh, actually about 400 data points. Uh, and uh, a pedestal where you stand in it actually has like these ten thousand uh, uh, dollar scanners. These are like you know the ones that you see in airports now uh, that actually you know scan your body like in under two seconds. And uh, so basically, this uh, mirror had a wearable component, and so that's when I got into uh, wearables, which you know, especially in those days uh, in 2011, was really at its infancy. Um, I mean, if people were actually wearing, you know, a smartwatch, people would, you know, basically be blown off. Like, I mean, people were talking about uh, the latest, you know, um, uh, 
you know, pardon my French, but farting apps and, you know, all, all those types of, you know, everybody was into apps. Uh, but that was when, you know, I got into wearables, um, which is actually, you know, very challenging uh, that time because uh, there weren't many, what do you say, um, sensors that are available as now. Um, uh, and also things were, you know, very, very expensive. Like, uh, according to the latest data that I have, actually, since in since 2011, uh, if you compare 2011 to 2020, uh, the cost of, what do you say, uh, parts, and um, especially uh, parts that go into wearables, has declined by 70%. This is 7-0. So basically, <laughs> uh, right now is actually, you know, time for wearables, you know, but uh, back then in 2011, that was totally un uh, unheard of. So that's how, you know, um, fast forward, that's how I got started, and, you know, fast forward, uh, 2019, that's when uh, I founded Wear Me um, and, you know, gotten serious about it. So currently, uh, we're doing really awesome. You know, we brought a bunch of wearable products to market and, um, you know, uh, looking forward to, you know, the new products that we're going to be turning out, you know, in the next, you know, uh, few years. Okay, fantastic. So... Uh, come from a computing programming background, obviously mentioned MATLAB there, various yeah. sort of hardware languages, etc. Yeah. Um, and then decided to found Wear Me in 2019. Obviously, the cost of components uh, obviously come down to 2011 to 2020. That stat you said 70%. One would imagine they've gone back up again with the recent supply chain shortages. Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> if you can get hold of them. Um, but uh, so what does Wear Me actually produce then? Can you talk a little bit about, you've got products out there in the market? Was it R&D at the moment? Uh, yes, yes. So basically just to give you uh, how Wear Me actually got started, it was actually born out of the frustration that I actually went through uh, while uh, trying to consult a few startups that, are, that were actually hardware startups. And as I said, you know, in 2011, you know, I kind of touched on it, but, it, you know, it was too early. And, you know, you would imagine by 2018, 2019, you would, you know, you would imagine that, I mean, these problems have been solved. Uh, but, you know, I found out that, you know, uh, they were still, it was still that difficult. Like, I mean, you know, getting started, uh, you know, a lot of, a bunch of people that I was talking to, these are actually, you know, small and medium-sized wearable, uh, what do you say, designers, have no idea where to start. They have no idea, you know, basically, how do you make a wearable? They have really, really awesome, like, I mean, in a sense, these are like wearables that could really change the way we live. You know, some are like, um, you know, not to actually, you know, name names, but some wearables are even, you know, way ahead of even, you know, the large companies uh, that are actually, you know, currently, you know, controlling almost 70% of the market. So basically what it is is that, uh, so where me was, um, born out of that frustration where, you know, uh, since I already went through this, uh, I do not want, you know, other people to go through the same, you know, sort of situation. So what I did was I kind of leveraged uh, my connections uh, that I have cultivated in the past almost 18 years uh, out here in China. And these are, you know, like factories, these are, um, you know, engineering companies out here. Uh, that can actually provide, you know, a real quality uh, service, especially in manufacturing 
and bringing you know the innovative product uh, to market. So basically, that is in a nutshell what uh, we do at Wearme. We help small and medium-sized smart wearable designers to quickly prototype and go to market uh, with their wearable. Okay, fantastic. And I think you've got a real added advantage on being, is it 18 years now you've been living in China, Matt? Yes, yes. Almost 18 years now. Actually, you know, coming right. Valentine's Day. <laughs> okay, right. You moved on Valentine's Day. Well, that tells you something, right? Yeah, <laughs> I was, yeah. I was lonely. Absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. Well, I, well I, hopefully you're still not lonely. But, uh, you know, if anything, you've got a wearable with you, right? So, yeah, you know, exactly. You're, ne you're never alone with wearables. Yeah. <laughs> So just getting into the thick of it a little bit more. So obviously the wearable market is huge. It's growing year by year. You yes. mentioned the uh, costs of components until recently, of course, yes. were coming down massively. Yes. Um, in terms of devices, what types of devices and the key trends have you seen in particular in the last few years? And, and what has been pop, most popular? Oh, okay. Cool. So just to give you like, um, just to give you, what do you say, sort of like uh, for comparison, just a little bit of data here. So basically, uh, currently the wearable uh, industry is now at a $30 billion business. So that was just only, what do you say, $21 billion a year ago. So just in the span of a year, and especially, you know, with COVID and, you know, uh, the current, you know, situation, and despite the fact that, you know, there are like, what do you say, supply chain crunches, especially, you know, in getting MCUs, um, still like, you know, it added almost 30%, uh, you know, year on year growth. And they expect it to reach actually around 60 billion by 2025, 26. Uh, so it's, it's a really, really, it's a rocket ship. You know what I mean? Like, I mean, it's just going to explode uh, exponentially. And um, what I've seen so far, especially on Wearme, so basically, um, you know, during uh, the pandemic, um, there was, you know, like, you know, COVID tech related products were pretty popular. Uh, this includes like, you know, uh, distancing alarm. These are actually uh, uh, wearables that you have, like, you know, whenever people, if they're worn, like if you wear them and I wear them, then, you know, the moment we come into uh, three feet, uh, to six feet, you can actually set it. It would actually alert, you know, for social distancing, uh, which was, you know, a lot of people actually kind of cashed on that. Um, and also uh, wearables with, what do you say, thermistors, uh, embedded thermistors, like in a sense, you know, one of the, uh, what do you say, one of the uh, symptoms for COVID were actually, um, uh, you know, fever and, and everything. So these thermistors, you know, enabled smartwatches were also kind of hot, uh, but uh, these days, um, a lot of people actually, uh, if I tell you, you're not going to believe this. Um, a lot of people come to wear me and uh, the most searched <laughs> item right now is actually a smart bikini. <laughs> right. Okay. A smart bikini. Crikey. I didn't think, I didn't think you were going to say that. No, I, <laughs> I, I know. Like, actually, you know, we can even back it up with data. And, um, and, you know, I, actually, there's, there's a reason behind that. One of our advisors actually was working with, I think, with Colgate uh, Palmolive. And he, uh, he, he worked on, you know, previously on a smart bikini concept where, you know, uh, it kind of, it has an app and, you know, uh, a UV sensor that kind of tells 
uh, the person who's actually uh, to actually get inside or wear, what do you say, uh, sun tan lotion, you know, on a timely manner based on, you know, the skin tone and, you know, et cetera, and everything. And so he kind of mentioned wear me. So I guess that's why people you know, actually come to wear me on his, you know, website. So people come to wear me and, you know, what they search is uh, for that. Um, followed by uh, Smart Sports Bra, the one that we are actually currently working on. Uh, that's also heavily searched uh, a while back. Also, we had a Smart Shoes. So people are actually, what do you say, uh, getting into uh, smart fashion, like in a sense in fashion tech. Uh, but also um, uh, on the other side, uh, you have like actually uh, Sleep Tech, uh, which has been especially, you know, um, towards, you know, like uh, last end of last year and, you know, early this year also, people tend to actually, you know, search for, uh, these are like uh, smart math, like sleeping math. Um, we also have yeah, like yeah. these, uh, what do you say, um, uh, uh, oximeters, like, you know, for sleep def uh, deprivation, like yeah. these are yeah. health tech. So uh, these sleep tech, I would, I would say sleep tech and what do you say, uh, health related hardwares uh, have been, you know, actually, you know, getting the, a very a much higher yeah. attention. Yeah, these past few. Uh, yeah. yeah. I mean, I, 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 I agree and recognize certainly on the latter part of what you were saying. That's something I've been aware of. Um, smart textiles in general is, is quite growing. Uh, but the sleep and the health side is really, really important from a personal point of view. Um, I, I, I don't sleep particularly well um, and haven't for a while. Um, so I've invested in um, products like Cocoon and various other um, earbuds and, 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 and ways and, and, and um, hearables to, to improve that. And, and some are really quite good, right? So I think from a health perspective, monitoring oxygen, monitoring different levels to improve sleep architecture, I think is so, so important. Yeah. And, um, you know, we, we started off to saying this is quite uh, quite jovial around the, the whole smart bikini concept, right? But I think... <laughs> <laughs> I, I think I think certainly um, uh, you know some some of the things that we can do here are really fantastic from 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 the sleeping aspect. I mean, something that's really interesting for me, and I, I know when we were pulling together the questions for this show, yeah. is 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 really how does a company, in your view, stand apart in what is a congested market, right? Yeah, and and. You know, there, there's a lot of different watches, right? For yeah. instance, um, there's there's quite a few different wearables, um, and I don't know if congested actually is the right word because <laughs> it is congested. Yeah. Warming, yeah. Well, I guess I guess it, I guess it's relative, isn't it? To yeah. to the amount of uh, requirements by you know mm -hmm. uh, demand, yeah. supply and demand, basically mm -hmm. speaking, mm -hmm. right? You know, is yeah. is it congested? So. What's your view on that, Matt? Yeah, well, that is actually a really, really, really good question that you that you raised there. Um, especially, uh, you know, like, you know, everybody knows, you know, these really cheap wearables, you know, you can actually get now a smartwatch for like five bucks, but it only works like for a week or two and, you know, it stops working. So, um, yeah, like there's, there's a huge competition, like uh, especially, uh, as you said, like, you know, with the regular what do you say wearables like these are actually like smart watches you know activity trackers uh and you know to a certain point also like there are uh like 
uh, in like uh, headphones, earbuds, and so on and so forth. Like basically, which are actually what we call like a first generation uh, type of wearable. And and these uh, so the 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 key even you know uh, that uh, for for where me to exist like what makes us even you know um, what do you say like we we kind of like uh, put it as our main dogma or our own what do you say main doctrine uh, is that uh, the first thing is we go after quality quality is like absolutely important. Um, we did uh, validation research, you know, w uh, when I was um, actually, you know, uh, before building, uh, founding Wormy, I did a validation research among, uh, you know, uh, smart wearable users. And what I found out is that, especially uh, users in the U.S., uh, they prefer a good quality, higher price, but, you know, with a more durable, uh, long-lasting smart wearable as compared to, like, for example, here in China, um uh which was actually you know a shorter lifespan and you know they don't really uh they want quality but you know not to the u.s you know sort of you know standard so um i you know uh since we're an american company and you know 95 uh, percent of our market is actually out there in the u.s so we actually you know quality uh for each one of our what do you say smart wearable designers that is the first thing that we actually adhere to and uh the second thing is uh this is one of our motto uh you build a wearable to address a problem not to impress so we as we said build to address not to impress so it's not just you know to show off you know a cool tech or you know just to say like hey you know we have this uh type of wearable no it's not we don't build for that we, we build so that you know we can actually solve a real world problem that is out there in a sense um, that is impactful, that actually solves people's real, what do you say, uh, problem. So that is how you actually, uh, you know, stand out. And also, one last thing is that um, if you're doing what everybody else is doing, it's really hard uh, to stand out. Like in a sense, you know, another smartwatch is not going to cut it. But if you come up with, let's say, uh, a smartwatch that is specifically for, you know, uh, diet or, you know, for, uh, you know, uh, let's say specific type of working out or, you know, for a specific type of, what do you say, uh, like, for example, a fashion statement. Um, there was actually one, a Nubia watch. I don't know if you've ever seen it. Uh, we were actually uh, working with this company, you know, to help them develop it, which was actually, you know, entirely, uh, you know, the entire, what do you say, the, the entire thing was an AMOLED screen. So this is like a touch screen that is, you know, everywhere. And um, it was it was one of our like back in 2019. It was one of our, you know, best sellers. Uh, wow. So basically, what it is is that you know, if you build uh, to address a real problem, and you know, if it is a good quality product, then that's not a problem. You will definitely be standing out. But if you're doing everything that everybody else is doing, then you know, it will be difficult to differentiate them stand out of the crowd yeah. yeah yeah i mean thank 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 you for that i mean you you you've, you've come in quite nicely actually to to my next question and i wanted to hone down on that a little bit more so you said about building to address not to impress i mean yeah. that's a great motto right yeah because ultimately if it has if it has a utility yeah then it's useful and someone's going to use it you know in the same way people buy 
you know, cryptocurrencies because it has a utility or an NFT because it has a utility in some form. Um, and the same could be applied to to wearables. Yeah. Um, to go further, so, so so what more advice would you give someone wanting to develop their own wearable product beyond do it uh, because it, it solves a problem? What else can they learn from? Yeah, okay, cool. Uh, that, is, that is also very insightful. So, um, so the first thing is like every time, you know, when people actually come and talk to me, uh, you know, they come to where me and they say, hey, I have an idea and I want to build this type of wearable. So we kind of like actually rate, what do you say, the, like a success, we, we kind of calculate like a success factor based on okay. uh, the first thing is like how, like how relatable is, what do you say, uh, the problem um, that this person is trying to solve? Like, I mean, you should not just build for the sake of building, you know what I mean? And then try to find a problem later, but rather, you know, you need to be able to solve a problem that you have personally experienced, that, you know, you take it personal, that you have already experienced that problem so that if it is such a problem, you know what I mean? Uh, you would have the conviction, the drive, as well as what do you say, the commitment to actually make it happen. Because honestly speaking, you know, building a wearable is not like, you know, uh, it's not like making a software or an app, you know, it's, 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 it's a lot more complicated. Like in a sense, it's on the fringe of, what do you say, between software, data, and also hardware. So you need to have, what do you say, that type of drive to be able to actually, um, that relate relationship, you know, with the problem. Mm. Uh, so, so that, you know, you go on and, you know, actually when you solve it, you know, you have, you've got the reason to drive and, you know, the motivation. Um, and uh, the second thing that I would advise is to build incrementally, like not, you can't have everything at once because this is something that uh, I usually have like, you know, uh, uh, situation with, you know, uh, fellow smart wearable uh, designers. Like they just say, okay, I want this, I want this, I want that, I want this feature, I want this. And, I'm, 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 and I go like, oh, wait a minute. We can't just pack this up. You know, there's such a thing called over packaging. Don't over package. Start with, you know, some like really important feature of your product and then reiterate and build you know, uh, as you go along, you know, with having a clear product, uh, what do you say, um, product map. And also, uh, uh, you know, keeping up with your customer voice. And, uh, you know, last but not least would be to pre-totype before prototype. So this is pre-totype, which is actually P-R-E-T-O-T-Y-P, pre-totyping is actually like, you know, the mechanical Turk. Uh, just, you know, come up with, you know, a, an innovative way to actually, what do you say, uh, test your product and validate your product before, you know, investing money and time and, you know, uh, to, 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 to get your product, you know, uh, built for you or, you know, build it yourself. Uh, one example that I've, uh, that I actually, uh, there's a really nice book. Uh, I don't know if you've, uh, if you've heard of it. It's called The Right It. Um, I can actually, you know, uh, I can actually share a, an Amazon link to get it. It is one of the, this is one of the books that I actually demand each one of my uh, colleagues, you know, at where me to read, you know, when they join us. Um, it, it, it talks like in detail 
about building a product that, you know, customers love, that customers want, instead of, you know, just, you know, building for the sake of building and, you know, afterwards, you know, try to find a problem that actually yeah. fits, you know, the product that you actually built. Well, thank you for that. I mean, uh, hopefully our, our listeners and viewers, by the time this goes out, there'll be yeah. a link to the comment with that book yeah. there. But I think yeah. that, that's some really that's some really good rules there, right? I think, yeah. uh, um, you know, have have the drive and the passion to carry on with this um, idea because it relates to you. It's a relatable thing, and that's what's going to get it across the line. Um, have a clear roadmap. Understand exactly where you're going with this. Go to prototype before you prototype to save yourself some money, frankly yeah. speaking, and heartache, time, and everything else that comes with, you know, potential a, a failure in the product. Um, and, and I think, yeah, some really, really good advice there. And, 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 I, and I think, you know, focus groups as well, right? You know, asking yeah. people, you know, what, what do you think about this? You know, is, is this going to work out? You know, what, what are your views? Because again, you know, what one might be very passionate about one subject, but it probably isn't relatable to lots of other people. Um, so, um, you know, that's, that's uh, it's an interesting concept, right? Um, I, I think that's good. I think that's absolutely great advice. And in, in terms of that, so um, lots of people will be going on this journey and lots of people will be coming to you, Matt, and, yeah. you know, where me is doing some fantastic work. Um, okay. yeah. What can we expect? What can we expect to see over the next five years in terms of other types of developments? Um, you know, there's lots of talk, but what is what is definitely going to be happening? Uh, yeah, well, um, in, in, in the, the previous podcast with actually Ashley, we were actually talking about this. Uh, you know, uh, uh, lately, you know, the wearable, what do you say, industry kind of started to have like these, what do you say, sub uh, areas. Like, for example, uh, there are like ingestibles. I don't know if you ever heard of uh, these. These are like actually like pillbots. Like these are robots that actually you can swallow. You ingest them and they have like, you know, camera and, you know, it's like, you know, endoscopy, but, you know, on a Bluetooth and, you know, an actual thing that actually could be ingested, you know, later. Um, uh, this is one very, you know, uh, one area that, that actually uh, has formed. And also like uh, uh, the Neuralink, uh, which is actually one of the other companies that are run by, um, uh, I think, Elon Musk. Uh, they're trying to actually, you know, uh, put a chip in a human brain and, you know, basically that interacts, you know. Uh, and there are like these bionics, you know, that actually exoskeleton and everything uh, that, you know, uh, are going to be, um, you know, developing. Like in a sense, you know, I, I expect to see uh, a few more, you know, um, what do you say, developments in that area. But uh, if we're talking about, you know, wearables proper, um, the first thing uh, is that uh, wearables are going to be everywhere and anywhere, and they'll also be more sustainable, uh, less, what do you say, battery powered, and also more invisible, just like, you know, electricity uh, and, you know, computers uh, are now uh, like these days. Like, you know, back in the days, you know, uh, you know, you back in the days, you know, uh, electricity wasn't everywhere, right? But nowadays, when you go to a room, you expect that there is an electricity in there. You know what I mean? So yeah. uh, it kind of is, you know, more, uh, what do you say, built into the infrastructure. 
Um, so uh, I see that in the future, like when you buy a shirt, you would expect it to have, you know, uh, type of sensors that you would expect, like a heart rate sensor, or, you know, maybe it would be powered by, you know, uh, human sweat and, you know, uh, hand movement and so on and so forth. Um, and another thing in uh, the wearable proper uh, market that I uh, expect to see in the next five years would be a move towards uh, a third generation smart wearables. Because currently the most popular wearables are uh, first type uh, or first generation, which are just, you know, a Bluetooth connection and like, you know, headphones, you know, just with Bluetooth and so on and so forth. And uh, I think there will be a transition to generation two. Uh, these are type of wearables with their own app, you know, a company app. And then the third generation is going to be, you know, wearables with some type of machine learning and AI that is actually, you know, built into them which makes them truly, truly smart. And uh, finally, um, there will be uh, an explosion of small and medium-sized uh, wearable designers. Uh, this is actually, uh, you know, I don't know if you've seen the stats on Kickstarter and Indiegogo. Uh, like right now, as we speak, there are about 1,500, uh, what do you say, wearable and IoT, you know, related projects, you know, as we speak that are, you know, um, waiting for someone, you know, to fund them. So uh, there's going to be an explosion and, you know, wearables are going to be everywhere. Yeah. Some fantastic advice there. Um, and, and, and I think, I think, I think what, what was really poignant for me was to talk about the second to third generation. Mm -hmm. um, so the fact that some of these wearables are going to have their own uh, machine learning yeah. and, and AI built, built, built in to the, to, by design, by right? design, yeah. As a, as a po yeah, and I think that's really, really important. One of the things that interests me, you know, you talk about Neuralink. Yeah. You know, I remember five, six years ago when RFIDs was a real big thing, and everyone was like, "RFIDs are going to change the world." Uh, <laughs> um, people were people were put were talking about the fact that you're going to have them under your skin and that you'll be able to go through, yeah, you know, certain places in the workplace, etc. And 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 you know that with the whole in in uh in in how did you say indigestible ingestible ingestible yeah oh ingestible of yeah. course yeah, ingestible um I, I, you know i think that's really interesting but also worrying at the same time <laughs> i think a lot of people would be worried yeah you know i think you know how, how do you how do you govern the security around that you know and that's another really big topic yeah uh, to make sure that that's done in the right way and and, and a whole other conversation right uh, <laughs> good sport it's yeah. for, for a very, very, very long time. Um, interesting you should say that. Just in, in addition to it, obviously Indiegogo, Kickstarter, all of these crowdfunding campaigns, yeah. right? Lots of wearables on there. Lots of people looking to go for either Angel, Seed, or some of them going up to Series A, depending on what they've had already. Yeah. Um, do you have any advice to these companies? I mean, what, you know, how, how, how do you get funding in a congested market? Lena, you know, you've spoken about how you stand apart, but how, how, how would some of these people go and get funding if they've never done it before, right? Yeah. If they pre-totyped something. What's your advice to them, Matt? Um, uh, that, is, that is a really, really cool question. And we actually have a, a very detailed, what do you say, uh, guide uh, on our website on wherme.me. Um, and, okay. uh, basically what it is, is that like, you know, uh, when you build after, you know, after you validated your idea, uh, then, uh, basically you need to build a prototype 
because, you know, Gonar is a base that you just make, you know, a video and, you know, a lot of people have been, you know, swindled, uh, you know, of their money, you know, and so uh, a lot of people do not really trust the videos anymore. So you need to have, you know, something there that can actually is a proof of concept that shows that you've already thought about it. You have already ironed out the details. So once you have your prototype, you have two avenues. Uh, so the first one is you can actually go for a product crowdfunding, so which is actually using Indiegogo and Kickstarter. But in order to do that, you need to have you need to partner with uh, companies uh, that actually could help you achieve that. Um, currently, we we work with you know multiple of them. Uh, like for example, I don't know if you ever heard of them. Gadget Flow is one uh, such company that we work with. Uh, there's also another company called uh, Crowdfunding Formula, uh, and this uh, these are actually really reputed uh, companies that actually help uh, uh, smart uh, wearable uh, uh, designers to actually um, even you know they would help them validate uh, the idea for a very you know comparatively low amount of money, uh, very low, uh, and uh, this is like you know. Um, you know, under 10K, you know, they basically would run a campaign, a validation campaign for them. And based on that validation campaign, even some of them, they actually connect them with funding uh, opportunities. Like these are actually lenders, you know, based on the success of this validation, uh, they uh, hook them up with lenders who would be able to cover, what do you say, the marketing costs. And um, especially like the crowdfunding formula, they've raised uh, repeatedly uh, over 100K on each single project. Uh, they wouldn't even, you know, bother to work if it is if it is a type of uh, project that wouldn't reach, you know, that amount of success. So what I would say is uh, that is one way. Uh, the other way would be to actually go to uh, equity crowdfunding. So this is when, you know, you form your company, and basically, you know, you raise money from angels and micro VCs um, and also accelerators to some degree. Um, that is, you know, one where you can actually uh, get the money. But also, you need to make sure, though, you need to have a valid idea. Like, in a sense, your idea needs to be really valid that you have done your work. Like, in a sense, you did your prototyping as well as also some type of prototyping because a lot of investors are scared of what do you say hardware investment and unfortunately they you know a lot of them are not really what do you say familiar with the wearable uh industry um so they kind of like the moment you say uh we're building a wearable uh, the first thing that you see is like oh sorry we don't do hardware but the thing is wearables are on what do you say as i said earlier on the fringe uh of hardware software and then data so basically, uh, they're a much, what do you say, easier uh, bet than, you know, a purely, you know, hardware, like, you know, building a rocket or, you know, uh, other stuff like that. So uh, as long as you have a good, a clear idea, as long as you have some type of uh, prototype, and as long as you have some type of validation, I think you could easily, you know, uh, raise the money that would be needed uh, in order to bring your product into life. Matt, fantastic insights. Um, 
honestly really 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 fantastic thank you so much for sharing them and you're uh, welcome. I'll, be, I'll, I'll be sure to, i'll be sure to check out the the guide on on your website myself yeah. actually just for my own personal interest um matt we're, we're nearing the end of the show what i wanted to do is ask you a question actually from uh jonathan selig so jonathan selig is the co-founder of rich yeah uh, he was on our former um uh episode our last episode um Jonathan's a big fan of wearables and, and, and basically spoke about his uh, his passion for wearables and um, uh, and his, his interest in the market. Yeah. One of the things he was wondering about that he wanted to ask uh, you in particular was what kind of infrastructure will be required to support the massive proliferation in IoT devices? Because he's assuming, taking for instance, if you've got a smart pair of running shoes in Stockholm, they're not really going to be relaying that data back to a cloud facility in, say, San Jose. So what 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 does the cloud of the future look like to support the massive amount of wearables that are going to be flooding the market? Yeah, yeah, that is that is actually um, that is one of what do you say the most sensitive topics in the wearable what do you say industry? Like specifically, you know, with uh, the current situation, you know, over there in Europe with uh, GDPR, as well as in California, we have uh, CCPA. Um, and yeah. there is that, what do you say, uh, there's that part where, you know, data, like especially in China, also they have their own uh, new rules, actually, that rolled out just earlier this year. And uh, what everyone is saying is that, you know, that data needs to stay, you know, within, within the country. It needs to be anonymized uh, enough so that, you know, there's no identifiable data that is actually stored in, what do you say, a public cloud. So. Um, the simplest and, you know, the, the more straightforward answer that I, you know, that we, uh, where me, uh, what we're actually doing right now is we do not use any cloud at all. Like, so the main reason is this, because um, when, when we kind of like, so what we do is like we store the data on the phone itself, like in a sense, you know, the many phones can, you know, have their own, what do you say, built-in storage. And after that we give what do you say uh, in in the coming uh, few years what we want to do is currently start in the phone and then after after that we give the option for the user to actually either upload it to you know some sort of centralized what do you say uh, kind of what do you call it a distributed uh, type of what do you say storage or uh, basically you know uh, they can keep like you know a back you know or some sort of like that you know personal backup facility like you know how they have on uh apple has got their what do you say the itunes backup right uh, where you pay you know a certain storage so uh that is the you know the angle that we're actually taking but with you know web 3.0 you know currently you know it's a that's that's where everybody is so i i, I see an opening for some type of distributed and uh, what do you say blockchain uh, uh like uh, type of technology being employed uh the main reason is uh you know like the data will be private that's that's the first thing and also the fact that you know the person would have uh the we say the key to be able to actually uh provide that data you know for you know um, others to actually you know have access to it or you know basically to block anyone you know from accessing that data so um, I can see that type of, what do you say, Web3 type of uh, distributed, what do you say, uh, cloud computing that are not really international, but rather more local, you know, uh, what do they call it, like more fragmented, you know, type 
of uh, cloud, what do you say, infrastructure. Yeah, yeah, sure, sure. Yeah, well, I mean, fantastic answer. And interesting that you shouldn't be using cloud at the moment, but I understand it, you know. I think privacy laws and what have you does sometimes make this prohibitive. Yeah. Um, but it'd be interesting to see how we, how we get past this, right? Yeah. Matt, thank you for joining right. us today yeah. on the show. You're uh, welcome. Honestly, really enjoyed it. Yeah. Um, could you just remind us, where, where can people find out more about Wearme? It was wearme.com, is that right? Wearme.me. Where me? Oh, yeah. sorry. Where me? Yeah. Where me? Okay. me. And also, actually, if you just go on uh, Google and you search for smart wearable, uh, smart wearables, where me, or, you know, where me watch, or where me, you know, any kind of smart wearable, uh, we usually rank first. So you can find us there as well. Wow. Yeah. You're going to have to give me your SEO consultants details. Um, <laughs> yeah, we do. We do that. Yeah. Need that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Cool. Matt, thank you for joining All us right. again. Yeah, thank you very much. Thank you for having me. It was really, really awesome talking to you. Check out our website, viotpodcast.com, where you can watch all of the previous episodes. It would be great to hear your thoughts on the wearables trend, how this is going to shape the future, and hopefully I'll see you on the next one.